And welcome to the NXT review for WrestlingHeadlines.com. And my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. I finally remembered to put my Twitch on the thing. <laughs> so you finally got that to see. Oh, it's taken me bloody long enough. Anyway, NXT, uh, Take of Vengeance was a fantastic return to form. How was the follow up show? Grand. <laughs> the best way for me to put it. It was grand. It was alright. It was a kind of keeping momentum for guys who lost or kind of maintaining it for certain acts as well whilst introducing us to a little bit of what's to come later. But it felt like, oh, and most importantly, we saw the arrival and super kicking of Adam Cole and for this show, for the thumbnail of it, I had to create a little Adam Cole for the, like a PNG Adam Cole to go over the NXT review kind of name. <laughs> so is it. As soon as he comes into it, I'm going to do in the high-pitched voice for it's, it's little Adam Cole. <laughs> and there he goes there. We'll see. Does that mess up my voice? As I found out via Twitch streams, doing different tones, different voices. Messes up your throat. I've got a cup of tea to help with it. Actually, let's put that down. <laughs> let's do that first. Let's get that out of the way before my tea gets cold. Let's cover the Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole stuff. And yes, that is my reason to cover it first. <laughs> but yeah, I was way too proud of the title for this stream today. Calling it Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> where you got Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong all caught within the dynamic of what Adam Cole did at Take for Vengeance and then continued to do here. Roderick Strong caught in the middle. Finn Balor wanted to get Adam Cole for super kicking him in the first place. Kyle O'Reilly wanting to get Adam Cole for super kicking him as well. <laughs> and as well as Finn Balor. Uh, just destroying the whole undisputed era thing, just wanting answers. Adam Cole giving him an answer in the form of a suplex at the steel steps. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. First we'll start with what opened the show. Kyle O'Reilly came out and he gave us a nice little promo. Uh, just getting over, that's pretty much what I was explaining there, there. He wants answers from Adam Cole more than he wants to like immediately beat up Adam Cole because they're meant to be better than this. They're meant to be something more. So he's got some questions for Adam Cole. Uh, I would also say for me, this, it was a nice little touch in having Roddy be in that man caught in the middle. Like focus on the Undisputed Era as a whole instead of it purely being on the two feuding lads. Again, I can picture it on the main roster, the exact kind of storyline, be it the same as the Hurt Business, and you only focus on like Lashley versus Cedric, and when that's the two feeding ones, Shelton Benjamin kind of just gets put to the side and is maybe purely used for one of the people to beat to then get over. Like he lines himself with one of them, and the other guy then beats him, <laughs> so that his mate can be, uh, they can fight on pay-per-view. That'd be what I expect from the main roster. Here, it generally feels like a group of friends, and Roderick Strong is awkwardly caught in the middle, uh, like he wants more information before settling on anything, kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, like Kyle immediately wanting to air the beef, but obviously he's not the only one. Other nice little thing, Finn Balor, two stepping out with grievances. Oh, yes. <laughs> it all it all just makes so much sense and it all clicks together. Each person, uh, they want to react to the event. You don't just go with one storyline, you go with everybody affected. Yeah, love it. Great, perfect next note from uh, following on from TakeOver Vengeance Day. Not forgetting the already at play factors because of a new story. All this falling out gives Dunn, Birch and Lorcan the ultimate advantage to jump the lads. It's like, oh yes, just a nice 
quality of storytelling reminder after watching Raw, <laughs> and by quality I just mean competency, like making it a tad redundant to praise like world continuity, but like main roster WWE's just warped my wrestling telly brain <laughs> to the point that I want to praise the basics now. So, well, golf clap. <laughs> well done, NXT. Your world makes sense. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's what I mean by when I review NXT and AW, I tend to do it on a higher bar. Because there's absolutely no need... When, they get, when they're get nailing fundamentals and basics and stuff like that, there's no point in me kind of praising them for doing that. It's uh, how much do I enjoy and get into the story. I can praise them at a higher level because I don't have to criticise them on basic stuff like that. But there's a point I'm mentioning both NXT and AW. They both do it. <laughs> NXT felt like they had fallen off a bit in 2020, but so far 2021, I'm appreciating it more and more. Like they're refocusing, which was my main thing. Just focus on some form of identity and stick with that. To be fair, maybe NXT Evolve, even though I have no, I don't have time <laughs> to do that. I have no time for NXT Evolve. Is that what it's called? NXT Evolve? And I... Uh, and yeah, I have no time for that. <laughs> but maybe that's the answer in terms of identity. Maybe that is the answer for NXT, where this show gets to, like, I can't think of the phrase, gets to refocus as a as a more of a telly show, I guess. Because, again, that was my critique. Either be a... Because it was caught in the middle of developmental or, like, telly show trying to compete with AEW. And maybe refocusing so... And you get more and more, I guess, proven indie talent like MSK, in a way. Yeah, you can just put them straight onto TV, and you don't have. It's not as much developmental, even though you then feed people from NXT into. And it's, it's developmental for developmental. It's developception. <laughs> it's a bit much. <laughs> My main point is, I don't have time to watch Two Five Live or NXT UK. Uh, I don't have time to watch Impact. Like I sometimes, like, I've not watched AEW yet, so I don't ha always have time for these things. So NXT Evolve, I can't. I'm not even going <laughs> to bother entertaining the idea. There's so much I already don't have time for. <laughs> I am not going to be able... So maybe, again, my, my life got more busy instead of less busy in the coronavirus era. So, like, it's kind of screwed me over in that way. Like, I, I really want to get back to writing columns. It's just, when I would do that, it's been taken over by something else because of a much more important problem. Uh, so maybe when things die down a bit, maybe I will have time. But right now, no. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> not a chance in hell. Um... Final answer is NXT World Class Championship, says James Santiago. <laughs> I have to say that like a... Was that a copy in Dexter called Santiago? No, it's a copy in something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. That's a massive tangent. Oh, yeah. Bring that back in. Don't actually know what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to elaborate. I've got time. Anyway, uh, I was praising the storytelling thing. That was it, yeah. So I... Yeah, with NXT, I don't really feel the need to go too deep into, oh, you did this storytelling thing, did this thing. Yeah, because it's the basics. We don't, we, we don't, you don't watch television shows or read a book and praise that stuff because it's expected. That's why I critique, that's why I criticise Raw and SmackDown for it. They don't have the basics of storytelling <laughs> and they could do, you can do cool stuff with that. You can get invested in things, just not that much. And you have, there's a reason why you know, like people who critique it and analyse it, where it just falls apart so quickly, it just crumbles. Uh, so yeah, but NXT AEW both nailing it. It's great to see NXT kind of slowly falling back to that. And again, maybe NXT Evolve is the answer for it. You kind of drop away the developmental bits and stick more with the telly stuff. Uh, but yeah, anyway, what well an NXT. Your world makes sense. <laughs> anyway, this was our quick little main event six man set up of a for what was to come later. And now I'm just going to scroll down to my notes to read the main event, 
<laughs> just destroying illusion. Oh, I've got notes in there. Oh. Uh, the main event was Peter Doon versus Bert, oh, not versus, with Bertrand Lorcan versus NXT champion Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong. Three men caught in the aftermath of Cole's actions. The heels trying to take advantage and cause some damage. Maybe a, a little sign of the times changing with Strong and O'Reilly wrestling in red and silver over the patented Undisputed Era black and yellow. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe they've already, already wrestled in that. I've just forgotten. I want to say when O'Reilly faced Balor, he wasn't in black and yellow. Maybe that sign of the time. Maybe it's all, a sign of the times has already happened. They've already been telling us this. But, yeah. Because I did see... Um, in terms of like, this story and Adam Cole's turn, I did see a bit of debate on Twitter, but again, I've been busy, so I've hardly been on Twitter. Uh, sometimes I like to jump into Discord, sometimes I find it so unnecessary. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went... Um, what was my point? <laughs> yes, when it was stuff with um, like should Adam, the Adam Cole turning on the thing, it like, came out of nowhere, that was stupid. For me... I know what I've been saying. Am I reading too much into this? But when Finn Balor enters the changing room of the Undisputed Era and talks to Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole had a right look on him <laughs> the entire time. And whenever he was, even when he was joining in, Adam Cole didn't look comfortable. He was, he was doing it. They were associating with each other. But quite often, like the context would have been, well, Pete Dunne was there. He was pulling a face because he's pulling the face at Pete Dunne, not Balor. He's like, there were baddies there. He's looking tough. Ugh. But for me, the big telling point was, Finn Balor walks into the UE changing room, their personal locker room, but he goes to Kyle O'Reilly, not Adam Cole. And Adam Cole was taking that, not in his stride, he was trying to take it in his stride, but he could tell it was getting at him. And I like that. For me, that, because I think at the time I attributed it to possibly a Kofi pancake moment. <laughs> that was my thought. Possibly it was that. However, seeing what happened this past week, it was like, um, maybe not then. To which my point is, we often criticise WWE for not doing subtle storytelling. And for me, if they if, if I did see what I thought I saw, <laughs> I thought I saw, pretty tap. <laughs> if I did see what I thought I saw, I was like, no, that is, for me, that's more subtle storytelling. You've gotten across why he would turn without any words. And it's still action now. But it's, uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, before I get into the match, there are some th quick things to work. Uh, is it possible... To have uh, NHK World Class Championship, I want you to know. Well, I don't know what NHK World Class Championship is. Uh, maybe you've completely accidentally. Um, tell you what. Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah, the second comment. Uh, do I think it's possible for NHK World Class Championship? Uh, what do? I don't know. I don't. I think the NXT Championship is like enough as it is. I don't know if they're going to be doing something else. But to be fair, what is Evolve, NXT Evolve going to do? <laughs> That's a very question. Because I don't know if um, that news is well known. Um, I want to say it is. I felt like I came onto it late, but I didn't see it massively publicised anywhere, so maybe it was. Um, again, I'm again, busy, out of it. I don't know what's become the main news. Normally I use Twitter to see that, <laughs> but I didn't really see it. Again, as I was saying, I'd only like marginally seen the discourse about should Adam Cole have won? I don't know if that's big or not, or if that's just a couple of people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, with NXT, what's the dynamic going to be there? And are they going to have different layers of champions and things as well? What are they going to do there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the answer is anything's possible in wrestling. <laughs> anything is possible. Uh, yeah, absolutely anything. Anything can happen. 
don't go into the Lego movie song. <laughs> as soon as I hey, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people, if you say a line from a lyric, I'm going to sing it in my head and then it's in danger of coming out. And on YouTube, you get bloody copyrighted for anything. <laughs> for anything. Uh, I'm, I put, it's dangerous me putting references in the script. <laughs> That's why I did put it. Anyway, a, um, yeah, so a match that had like five, the main event had like five minutes of build before a break that then met, that then quickly had them breaking down upon returning. Like, these kinds of multi-man matches are always great, hot ways to end a show on. Uh, personally, I love them. Uh, it, it's good to see, like, whenever AEW does one, it's always white hot and I love it. And then the week AEW doesn't do one, NXT does. So it's like, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm covered. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but yeah, these, um, like, chaos and shenanigans setting up the next play. I'm all for it. Uh, the ref was taken out in the end, allowing Adam Cole to show up, shove Balor off the apron... Onto the ref again, poor lad. And suplex O'Reilly onto the steel steps. Oof, <laughs> message sent. And O'Reilly would continue to sell that like death itself become him <laughs> after the show. After like, another nice little touch with Strong uh, being on the ball to stop Birch and Lorkin after that attack. And uh, Birch and Lorkin were trying to capitalise an attack with the NXT title. But Roddy Strong was there to stop them. A Bala saved with the NXT title. However, he then picked up the title after stopping them from attacking with it. And Bala saw that and accidentally Pele kicked the UE man, not knowing he was an ally. The confusion letting Dunn in to nail the bitter end and pin the champion he was unable to best on Sunday. Great. Big thumbs up. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Uh, the final note belonging to Adam Cole once more, though. A super kick to the NXT champion to pose holding the gold up high as the referees and medical staff attend to Kyle. And he holds it up and it is little Adam Cole <laughs> holding his little title. He's so happy. Oh, little Adam, little Adam Cole, the NXT Championship. Yeah, the image that I've chosen, uh, I've chosen that I've put together for this. Super kicking Bella, the confusion with the Pele kick, and him suplexing Kyle O'Reilly into the steel steps. And yeah, there was when I got online in the morning before seeing the show. There was a lot of discourse of was it right or wrong for NXT to have Kyle sell his injury to such a level. I didn't realise until watching the show and efforts that what they meant was there had been word going round that Kyle O'Reilly had like pretended to have a seizure and things and then they carted him out. When in reality, that was one bloke who was there in attendance who said something and nobody else in attendance was saying anything like that. It was just one bloke. <laughs> maybe, maybe misinterpreted the selling. Maybe stirring up S-word. <laughs> so uh, that got dropped pretty quickly. So uh, by the time I got onto the internet, <laughs> I'd seen that and surfaced, been shut down, and it was just, it was just, they were seriously selling the angle like with a stretcher and everything. And it was taken out. But yeah, uh, for me, that's what, when NXT does that, that means a lot. Because like my, my one of my, again, the big moments of NXT, Kevin Owens power bombing Sami Zayn onto the ring apron. And Sami Zayn's gone for weeks. And like in terms of building up a big rivalry, the expectancy of the return match. Yeah, that is them actually taking time off. And from when I was praising NXT kind of focusing on like Undisputed Era Fallout as a whole rather than just Cole and O'Reilly and then Body Strong aligns with one of them does a bit of stuff. For me having all of them and then if you take out Kyle O'Reilly like long term you're doing Cole O'Reilly because that was another one of my critiques was it kind of felt with the when I say NXT weren't doing long term it felt like they were doing the three pay-per-view run that the main roster does where yes they're technically feuding over like oftentimes three months look at the Hurt Business but you're not booking that story long term you're writing it week to week yes it ends up lasting a while but you don't know where it's going to end 
you are writing it as you go along. And personally, I've, I don't mind like filling in the week to week sometimes, but if you've got a big, you've got a broad picture of what you want to do, you, you know where you want it to end. That helps a hell of a lot more. <laughs> the main master oftentimes feels like the end of an SNL sketch where you go, oh, that's the end then. <laughs> Which is a bit of the same. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I want, uh, I can't remember what I want now. <laughs> I want to move on to the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, I've got a hell of a lot of reviews coming up. It's Elimination Chamber this weekend, and I'm still recovering from NXT uh, TakeOver from the weekend. So that was good. But yes, it's a little uncool. <laughs> this little super kicks <laughs> to everybody. Taking them down. Uh, generally enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, that's the point I was making, yeah. So I want my like, NXT stories to be kind of dragged out a bit like this. And if you take out Kyle O'Reilly, you paint it as serious. You don't bring him back next week or even the week after that. You possibly you can build him to Roderick Strong. Because I feel like the end game should be Cole versus Bella. So that's the long-term one. But he can maybe build that a little bit, but he's got to then at first focus on Roderick Strong. So you're doing that. But the, you all know, whilst he's feuding with Strong, he's building to Kyle O'Reilly. You're just getting the Adam Cole character over first. Then when Kyle O'Reilly comes back, it's a hot attack. It's like, oh, yes. Oh, love it. Also, a Pat McAfee's promo from his plane. The absolute perfect lad to chat at our faces after Cole's actions at TakeOver. Like, Pat was right, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it. It was great. There's so many things correct this, and got me kind of excited and looking forward to it. Because, uh, again, something AW is tr- trying to reteach the wrestling audience in a way, because it's just not been done for so long, is you can still be telling a story without it being front and centre because you're showing the journey of the character still. Like, the Hangman Page Kenny Omega story is still happening. They don't have to be interacting for the fallout of what happened between them to be evident. Like, the um, like the confidence of uh, the cowboy Adam Page and that kind of declining thing. He doesn't trust any groups or anything. Like, this is all fallout from the Kenny Omega stuff. You're seeing a character in decline and eventually he'll hit... Oh, I feel like he's got to hit rock bottom first. <laughs> They're doing such a good job of getting you behind him uh, that that sucks. But then you're building back up. And personally, again, NXT, in comparison to AEW, just felt like the main roster thing. That said, what I saw this week got me a little bit more like confident in that they were willing to tell a story over a longer period of time. Because if they sell the Kyle O'Reilly story, uh, injury this much, and they seem to want to focus a bit on Roderick Strong instead of just blowing past him, yeah. Wait, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. That's my kind of thoughts on the Adam Cole stuff. I'm pers- pers- personally perfectly fine with it. I felt they showed him showed him not comfortable with the Finn Balor stuff enough for it to be all right. And I, I'm looking forward to where it's going. And I, f- and I felt confident that they'll tell it slowly, maybe through WrestleMania, that they that NXT WrestleMania time because that'll be their big match. Then, but then longer term, you're still telling Cole versus Bella. And I feel like they could play that as a year-long story, starting with their initial NXT Championship match from after the Fatal 4-Way. They could treat it like that. Because Finn Balor's been facing like Undisputed Era people. Like Pete Dunne was the first guy who wasn't a former Undisputed Era guy to challenge the champion. But like he, him getting high up the card is directly related to Undisputed Era because he was with Pat McAfee. His entire beef was with Adam Cole. <laughs> so it all links up. Uh, I'm, I'm personally a fan of that. Uh, yeah. Then you can use whatever this is to move on to the next generation or crown NXT as definite a TV show <laughs> and less developmental. Maybe we'll see the switch happening a little bit. We'll wait and see. Anyway, 
before it get into covering the show, I'm going to drink some tea and read a comment as I do so, so I can uh, read it out. Mm. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's, it's not really. I think I've, I think I've answered it. Anything can happen. Anyway, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell was the first official match of the show. They were joined by Johnny Gargano. Shenanigans ensued versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. It's the first ever Women's Dusty Cup losers <laughs> with something to prove. Like if, again, positive NXT Women's Tag Teams not disappearing just because the tournament's over. Good, 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 good. Again, something I would expect for the main roster. So, oh, time to hit the reset button. Go to the next thing. What about the con? Did they not care anymore? <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, the way looking to get one up on the team that knocked them out of the cup. Some nice teamwork between the two, but it was a match building to some kind of finish. The focus shifting during the match to Johnny investigating Loomis and his mystery van before costing Candice and Indy their match in revealing he'd found Austin. Uh, yeah, like, a decent match was building, but the like b- between the mid-action ad break and shifting focus to like Organo and Loomis stuff, like I didn't really get into the match. Is the best way to put it. The main point was Loomis had stolen Theory and uh, now they and they pretty much let him loose. Showed the video of the van arriving. Johnny Gargano goes to the van, gets Loomis out. Cool. <laughs> Message sent by Loomis, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, why not? Yeah, but again, the women's tag team match was building nicely and uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart got the win, kind of getting some momentum back after losing at TakeOver. But... Again, they weren't the focus. The entire focus was on Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. So, they may address the momentum from the win next week. They may not. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff. Ruff wrestling with that same fire he always has, while Swerve's own internal problems continue to cost him. Like, I like the little details showing us his angers, making him unfocused. Like, we saw that cost him the match, but also to the absolute beatdown afterwards. Like, Ruff caught him with a crucifix pin, so Swerve launched the man with one mighty Death Valley driver to the corner. So, oh, he properly beat the crap out of him while shouting at him, when is it my turn, when is it my turn? So, yeah, I for me, that's been like a continuing thing, where Swerve, even if he's won, he's nearly lost the match, or he generally has lost the match, like against Bronson Reed, where... His own problems, kind of trying to control his anger and keep himself focused. Like, that's what's costing him matches, and it's a repeat thing. So, yeah, I like that. I like it. If it's, I'm just waiting for that thing, that moment to happen where he then he can start to hone his anger. Like a true superhero. Like Venom, <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't comic book. <laughs> so I don't know, but I've said a, I said a Spider-Man thing. Yeah. Anyway. Next up, Caden uh, Carter and Katie Catanzaro versus Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla. Uh, yeah, that rhymes. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, another match kind of building to a different story that wasn't happening during the match, but one of the teams got to win. So uh, Carter and Catanzaro getting, again, another Women's Dusty Cup team that didn't win, getting one here, getting some momentum back, ahead of setting up their next rivalry. So uh, Kim and Casey showing off the flippy flips until Bo and his dark stage lighting stole their attention. Uh, the two were able to be focused, though, with a neckbreaker splash combo for the win. Like, a nice win before Jaya Lee arrived to, to mark Casey's hand with black and deliver the message that next week she's going to get hurt. So we're getting Jaya Lee and Casey in a singles match next week. 
Sounds awesome. Casey is one of those competitors where she can either amaze by flying high or make the other person look like an absolute badass by, again, doing the flippy flips, but after getting hit by a move, like <laughs> she's been murdered. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, for me, that's a really strong opponent. And if you're building her as a strong tag team wrestler as well, that means you can use the singles action to make the single star look amazing. Plus, there is the story that Jia Lee and Kaden Carter were working as a team before Jia Lee had this arc develop. Uh, so there's history there to work off. And he builds Jai Lee versus Ken Carter by beating up Casey. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm really into the Jai Lee character. Um, again, my only gripe so far in terms of the presentation has been where they showed that animated video uh, giving the backstory of the creepy lass on the chair. Uh, oh, chair. Say throne. <laughs> Let's keep it regal. And as soon as that video had ended... They went. They were back. They switched back to the NXT arena, and immediately the Beth Phoenix and commentator going, "Wait, you want us to believe this that she's over like a hundred years old? That's ridiculous. What is this? This that's ridiculous." And I'm just like, "Why would you break that down on your own show? <laughs> You've literally just shown it." My immediate thought: I'm worth trying to get ahead of the like internet kind of mocking it and stuff like that. And like, no, 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 you'd be surprised how into it most of them would be. Like Lucha Underground got massively over with the internet first thing really for a reason. And this stuff is, it reminds me so much of Lucha Underground stuff. Where they were like more than willing to go into the supernaturally kind of like legacies and of di- like the like, hundred, like into the hundreds of years of past of different cultures to explain the character. So yeah, yeah, the, the Lucha Underground proved that storytelling can work. Don't have to mock it. If you're afraid the internet audience will mock it, what, why? Just treat it, <laughs> have faith in your own product. <laughs> uh, anyway. And next up was a something that I generally uh, thought was quite nice to break up the show, give something a little bit different. The Dusty Cup Winners Happy Time Celebration. Yes, I, <laughs> I generally enjoyed this segment. Uh, MSK from New Faces debuting in the Cup to making their names winning the whole thing. Massive thumbs up. Uh, they got to show some character here as really the main focus was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. So they got to talk about how ecstatic they are to be champ, uh, to become the Cup winners, the first ones ever. And they're really looking forward to, oh wait, <laughs> Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler make their way on down to the NXT ring. The WWE Women's Tag Team Champions out to chat crap to their new tournament winning contenders. And I ain't gonna lie, I laughed at MSK and Beth Phoenix eating popcorn as they watched the confrontation. <laughs> really into it. Uh, Naya putting it front and centre that with her on one team and Gonzalez on the other, we'll be seeing who really is the biggest, baddest bitch. Uh, but really, for me, the, the reason that they didn't quite well was because Raquel, with the only good hole joke <laughs> we've seen since like this last week, is the only one to get reaction out of me. Every other reaction has been, uh, of course, yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing, yeah, 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 I get it, yeah. Oh, when you said the hot... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it, yeah. But this one <laughs> generally got a reaction out of me. It just as the champions are walking away thinking like, where you've got them, Raquel then just cut into the uh, theme and just had it shut down by just then shouting at Nia, like, hey, Nia, be careful, because I'll take that boot and shove it so far up your hole that you'll never get it back. <laughs> just, and Carter... If I'm MSK just corpsing on the ground amongst all of the popcorn. <laughs> it was just, as soon as she said that, there's like a sending it as like a mic drop moment. It worked for me. It only worked because it wasn't just go saying the word hole. Uh. <laughs> it was taking something that has like Nia suddenly gained a lot of I guess traction weirdly <laughs> with this, and kind of Raquel just openly just like 
check yourself. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> Massive fan of it. Yeah. In terms of uh, setting up future feeds as well, we got, a, a again, a unique way of showing it where EO, we saw photos from EO Shirai's photo show as Tony Storm attacked her. How dare she? <laughs> but it's just the idea that... Um, I, I like that as a unique idea. Where they've shown, like, they've shown, like, a camera there at the photo shoot, but in terms of, well, how do we cover the attack at the photo shoot? Well, there's a photographer there taking photos. Surely the camera will have taken photos. You can just put them up, just one by one, like it's a stop motion. It's like, oh, yes. I was, I was a nice fan of that. It was uh, showing something we've seen before, but in a different way. I don't think they've done this before, but, I, I, yeah, I was personally fine with it. And that means we're getting more Yoshi Tony Storm, so... Yes, <laughs> those two are great. Uh, anyway, uh, Kushida versus Tyler Rust. Uh, Biven securing a nice match for his wrestler. His diamond with a showing against a lad who's coming off a hot match at TakeOver. Uh, no feather in the cap for him, though. Uh, this was more like a like, re-securing of momentum for the Japanese star. Giving the man a win so he can likely take on Johnny again at some point. Or at least set him up for a number one contenders match with Bronson Reed. One of the two. Uh, yeah, it feels like they're finally elevating that kind of group of people. Where, yes, Kushida's always been one of those wrestlers where, like, why aren't they using him more? However, he's kind of within that kind of arrival crop of, uh, as in when they arrived, not rival, <laughs> of, uh, like, Bronson Reed, Swerve Scott. Uh, he was, yeah, Kushida kind of arrived at that same point as well. Jake Atlas, where in the Cruiserweight tournament, you think. Uh, what's his face? Escobar. There's a group of people who've kind of been trying to figure out characters and have things build, but they've not really had much to work with anyway. Like Cameron Grimes as well. Cameron Grimes, I feel like, is finally coming into his own. I absolutely adore the man of Cameron Grimes' character that comes into money. <laughs> it's just, I found that, it's, I just found it, I really enjoyed the videos. I thought the ones from TakeOver were fantastic. So, I'm really looking forward to what these characters go to next. The, of course, the question is, do this current generation of NXT, where this current, this current crop main event, do they go anywhere? Or do they all stay in NXT? Will there ever be room for this current crop of guys I'm talking about to break into the main event? Or are they going to be around bubbling in this area before they can get a call at the main event? So yeah, I mean, to be fair, looking at the scene, I'm just waiting for Karrion Cross to go back into it. But he's... Yeah, he's... Uh, maybe main event bound. Sooner rather than later. Is it even worth putting him in a picture? Like the injury... Maybe just like killing time till he's on the main event, given the nature of the injury. Uh, anyway, there's a lot to be like toying about with the concept of his character, Karrion Cross. I know I was meant to be talking about Kushida Tyler Russ, but this shows my level of interest in it. <laughs> but yeah, Karrion Cross for me is one of those characters where it's quite interesting to see them toy about and check out what the kind of feeling about him as maybe he's a bit more of a baby face for how that would work. Or can he, can he jump from bad guy to good guy and be perfectly fine in those different views? How does he work? Is he like a tweener character who would jump to anybody? I think I'll be fine with that. Uh, to be fair, the only thing of his character so far that I wasn't a massive fan on was the supernatural stuff. Because I, I kind of feel like whenever there's a slightly spooky spook character, they don't have to be supernatural <laughs> for me. Uh, for me, the Bray Wyatt character was fantastic until on the main roster he went all supernaturally and it went overboard against The Undertaker. So, no, just a creepy dude. <laughs> I'm fine with it being like that. Carrying Cross as like, a legit killer... And the Scarlet Bordeaux putting the strings are like the, as the, gen, as the real puppet master. Don't need to be supernatural for that to work. I like the kind of implications of stuff. Like I'm fine with the tarot cards, but actual fire <laughs> coming out of a book against Keith Lee. Yeah, for me that was like a... NXT's all about... I'm perfectly fine with NXT being a ground to test stuff. 
Because I, I still see it as developmental, even though it's a two-hour show on TV that I know we're viewing every week. I still, in a way, see it as developmental and are perfectly fine for things to be tried out. That's why I find it really weird at an NXT audience chanting "You can't wrestle." At I think oh, I've forgotten their names, but they were. Marina, I think it might have been Marina Shafia, or it was the other one. And for me, it was just like, but it's NXT. It's developmental. That's the like. <laughs> why are you at a developmental show? Besides, they've not got everything figured out. Yeah, it's a developmental show. I don't get the problem. <laughs> anyway, it's on TV, national TV now, so not the same level. That's, that's what NXT evolves for. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that. Anyway, uh, after a little spell from Rust, Kushida fought uh, back in, kicked him right in the arm to follow with the hoverboard lock win. Uh, the note from this being Bivens like calling the ref to stop the match uh, with when the lock was in to protect his client. Is that a smart managerial play to protect Rust against himself, or is this a little thing of Bivens kind of kind of giving up on matches too early and Rust will over time get more and more irritated with him? Don't know. It'd be one of them. Uh, yeah. Also, after this, we got Eli Drake kind of in NXT. The uh, interview went up to his house and he has the door. He's now called LA Knight. And um, is that an interesting name? <laughs> I don't know if I'm behind LA Knight, really. Um, again, and quite often with the NXT name generator, at first I'm like, that's a bit of a weird name. But over the course of time, I just get used to it and just call them that. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I don't call Jonah Rock Jonah Rock anymore. He's Bronson Reed. Like, yeah, I've got used to it. Over the course of time, I'm fine with it. It's all right. Well, speaking of new people, the final person to talk about before I sign off, because I guess I get final messages in the chat, because I'm going to be covering this and then end of the show, going to sleep, for getting, gaining my energy for Elimination Chamber. But we got Zoe Stark's debut. Uh, a bit interested to see it, because I knew nothing about this debut until seeing the graphic card and the hype for it on the show, when I was just like, oh, uh, that's interesting. They're debuting somebody new. That's great to see. And I was like, oh... I remember seeing her bounce the announcements. I can't remember if people were hyped to see her or not, if she was an Indian name, whatever. For some reason, it's going way over my head. But seen her now, as Zoe Stark, and a decent little debut here. Not massive amounts to talk about, but like Stark got a, she got to launch her last, kick her in the face, and turn her inside out with what I'm calling a Revolution GTS. Just span around into the GTS. It's like, oh, that, whatever it was, <laughs> it looked flipping awesome. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, uh, kudos to uh, the, uh, I, can't, I didn't make note of who the job was, but yeah, kudos to her, because, uh, yeah, it looks awesome, and I like the name Revolution GTS, <laughs> so when I hear the actual name of it, it's like, oh, that's a, uh, yeah, I liked Revolution GTS. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that was a, like, strong way uh, to, yeah, she, she, she also to do her moves, she doesn't really have any character. She screams the kind of act in NXT where, like Kushida, where they debuted them, but like, because they are awesome, you get to see their moves, you get to see how strong they are, but they don't really have a character or angle or anything. They disappear for a bit, and you kind of, and then when they return, you're like hot to want to see them again, like Kushida, who returned, had a great burst of character against Tomasa Champa before just disappearing for ages. That's, that, for me, that was the only downside. Like, when they return, have a direction for them. And uh, yeah, so, so we start kind of screams that, where, yeah, she's. Looked really solid <laughs> in the first match. Like a great prospect, but of course, immediately not much of a character for NXT. I don't know where it's going to go there. And especially in a division so strong. It's like, immediately seeing that, it's like she's going to be in another amazing asset in <laughs> this incredible division. And if I'm right, they've signed. Who was. Oh, Taya Val Valkyrie. They've <laughs> bloody signed Taya Valkyrie. So, like, this division is go just going to get stronger. Yeah. Like, amongst everything that happened at TakeOver Vengeance, I, like the Taya news. 
it's kind of gone, gone into they've it's kind of gone into background a bit. And the way they've debuted LA Knight as well has been kind of slow. You've seen him appear on the pre-show of NXT Takeover, then you've seen him again with another promo here. It's all about his character stuff because that for me that is his strongest point is his on mic stuff. And I like that's something I've always it's weird. I've enjoyed him whilst every time I watch him, I'm going, "That's a rock pit. That's a stone cold bit. That's a rock pit." That's a stone cold bit. <laughs> it's just like uh, you can see where his influences come from. Like very, lots of attitude here put in there. But I don't know. I feel like over the course of his time on like the Indies in and then on Impact in the NWA, he's kind of developed a few of his like unique catchphrases. And I feel like in NXT, it might be the perfect place for him to, gather, I guess, gather a bit more unique steam. Because that's the biggest criticism I see about him is he seems to emulate a bit too much of certain, of like the heroes, the wrestlers he really looked up to. Uh, also, no, Young Rock really enjoyed it. <laughs> Just put that out there. Uh, yeah. That's that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm in danger of going a tangent. But yeah, I've called it Eli Drake slash LA Knight. I'm going to do that name eventually. Zoe Stark as well as another debut. Tyre Valkyrie around the corner. I'm really excited for that. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, again, the prospects, uh, the... Main roster lasses of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax wrestling the championship winners in Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I'd be all in for Raquel Gonzalez for them winning, really. And he can use it like in a really unique way to debut a new like act on the main roster, and, like and really put over Raquel Gonzalez as she's such a beast. She manhandled Nia Jax, like, that kind of thing. As in, she just to get that that can be her her introduction to the main roster. My only downside was. Going by the date, I thought they were saying it's just going to be a match on NXT. And if I'm right, they did that last year with the Women's Championship with Banks and Bailey coming to NXT after they'd won it and they defended it against. Oh, was it was it the Sky Pirates? Was it Kyrie Sane? That can't be right. Because uh, Kyrie Sane would have been the main roster. Or was it Asuka and it? It was Eo and somebody. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Whoever they defended it against. Uh, yeah, that was a, a nice little episode to see them come down and defend the titles like that. I want to say Asuka was there. Uh, it's, all, they filmed every show in the same location so now I'm looking back on it when every show was locked in the performance centre because of the uh, like national uh, coronavirus obviously with the pandemic but now when I look back on it I really struggle to like differentiate like, what happened on which show <laughs> I really cannot remember the life of me uh, so yeah but anyway I'm really looking forward to the NXT Tag Team Championship. NXT Tag Team Championships. <laughs> I've gone into the main issue with the war with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships being defended against Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And I personally don't think it's the worst idea in the world to maybe even debut them to the main roster with that. Aside from the fact I've got Raquel Gonzalez down as my next NXT champion in terms of building her steam, like really getting her developed and really getting like the fire behind her to the point where when she gets caught up to the main roster it's just like she's already on fire as an act as a character everything's locked down like Ray Ripley in a way where now she's bloody ready like <laughs> after the Royal Rumble it kind of sucks so yeah so yeah anyway that's the end of the show right I'm going to quickly check the comments before I then uh, zone away I was going to say zone out <laughs> it sounds like I'm just going to answer that and then just mentally check out I mean to be fair it is 20 to 1 in the morning <laughs> we'll be going what do I think about Johnny Gargano versus Roman Reigns I feel like that's two fantastic wrestlers against each other so I'm assuming it would be a fantastic match <laughs> I don't know oh, I, say I don't know who would play the babyface I feel like d default if you have 
Johnny Gargano in his like the way character, even though he's a smaller wrestler, you have him be that the way character, and you have Roman Reigns be the badass. He kind of like you would automatically sign with the badass in Roman Reigns. So yeah, that would be that's that's all I'd say. <laughs> Is that I think I'd uh, find that interesting. So yeah. Anyway, with that, I'm going to zone away. I'm bringing it back, baby. <laughs> I said an awkward phrase. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'll be back on Sunday for the WWE Elimination Chamber. Nope, did not put enough Vince into that. Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Too much Vince, that hurt. Yeah, so yeah, I'll be live with Aftershock for that immediately after the Chamber on Sunday. And that'll be like, whatever, it was like half past three. Like half past, it was like half past two, three o'clock last time. So that was great. Done again, please. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be up. Yeah, I'll be up immediately after us covering the show. So yeah, come back here on Sunday. And like Twitch-wise, I got my Twitch on the screen for the first time in uh, the implications with the second S. Uh, I'll be. I'm streaming. I streamed a uh, like elimination chamber stuff today. I was playing on 2K19 on Legend difficulty, the highest one, and I did the chamber matches and the winners of those chamber matches going to WrestleMania. So, and that was a fun stream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was fun doing elimination chambers on Legend. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of pain, but a lot of a lot of yeah, like you're being good at this game, <laughs> top of levels, in at the deep end. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna get some sleep. I'm gonna need it for Sunday. Uh, so with that, I say thank you for watching, listening, liking, uh, engaging in uh, any way. Uh, always massively appreciate it. Don't take any of it for granted. And uh, yeah, following on Twitter at the damn implicatus damn damn. Uh, yeah, anyone choosing on Twitch as well. Anyone's come over to these streams on Twitch or vice versa. It's yeah, it means a lot. And I'm really looking forward to. I'm actually looking forward to the elimination table because I feel like the men's chamber match. Play men's, they're both men. <laughs> the SmackDown chamber match is really, really interesting. I like the dynamic with Jey Uso being in there as well. And uh, I don't know who's going to win it. My instinct says Daniel Bryan, but the fact that I don't know. Like, that gets me <laughs> really excited. It's like, yeah, like, that's a strong chamber, and I generally do not know who's going to win. And that's what, yeah, it gets me excited. Yeah, really looking forward to, really looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that. So, anyway, I'll be back on Sunday with the Elimination Chamber review. Uh, yeah, again, in terms of predictions, no idea. <laughs> really, so, really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, wrestling's at its best when you do, don't know who, for certain who's going to win. You can make your assumptions. But when you don't know, from it, that's when I enjoy the rumbles the best. When I don't know who's going to win it, I don't see any booking odds, or anything weird news coming out, or anything like that. Like just going in, didn't know. Like twenty eighteen when she's getting like a more one, it's like oh, when it was the final lot, and it was him, like him, Roman Reigns, <laughs> and a few others, like, and I think John Cena, for a bit. It's just like yeah, that was genuinely great <laughs> seeing all of that. So yeah. Anyway, I'm go I'm gonna go to bed now. I need to do it. So oh uh, yeah, I'll be back on Sunday. Thank you for the engaging or whatever five stars or whatever podcasty thing you're listening to or whatever. Because uh, the podcast version will be put up. Uh, like I try and get it done within the hour. It takes time to do it, obviously, but I try my best. So that I say, thank you for listening and watching and liking. What do you make of NXT? What you make of little Adam Cole? <laughs> With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.